Welcome to the Mum Boss Podcast, hosted by me, Renee O'Neill. I'm your host, life and business coach for mums, and a mum of two myself. I'm here to help you be the present mum you're wanting to be, whilst also having a successful business, because you can have both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You have come to the right place if you're a mum who dreams of time and financial freedom and wants to be fulfilled in life alongside motherhood. This podcast is a place where you can come to be inspired and empowered whilst also getting tangible tips, advice and strategies to help you in your life and business. So let's dive in. Welcome back to the Mum Boss Podcast. I am very excited. I have another special guest for you. So Jackie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Renee. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm excited to have you. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Yes, absolutely. So I am a conversion copywriter and I primarily work on copy projects for course launches and websites for seven and eight figure brands. And I love to help my clients find the best words to help them attract their perfect clients and sell with even greater integrity. Um, so the way that I do that, I have my own um, copywriting process, um, but I also teach emerging entrepreneurs on um, if they're brand new to copywriting, if they're brand new to writing their own websites, and uh, they're launching a course for the first time, I love to teach them um, as well. Mm, I love it so much because I personally find copy a little bit tricky. I find it a little bit hard. And I think sometimes it's because, you know, you're worried you're going to come off sleazy especially if you're talking about copy for sales and so I love that you are not just you know helping entrepreneurs but you're actually helping teach and I think you know for women in the startup phase in those earlier stages of business that's probably where we need a little bit of help yeah yeah absolutely I think even um, business owners who like they've already you know hit multi six figures and they're you know very successful with their high ticket services. I think it's still <clears throat> worth um, visiting as a skill to keep on practicing and keep on getting really good at, because when, you know, at the end of the day, we all need, all business owners need words to sell. Right. And so um, when whatever stage of business that you're at, I mean, I, I work with really, really successful business owners who like, sometimes they even still feel kind of they feel that imposter syndrome when it comes to selling their services at the, at the prices that they want to be charging. And so it really helps no matter what level of business that you're at to reframe what selling, you know, looks like, whether you are doing it with like in a one-on-one conversation or if you're doing it in writing. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. Selling does not have to be sleazy. It can be a beautiful experience between you and your perfect fit people. Mm. So how do we, I guess, up-level our copywriting skills, you know, so we can convert people because quite often, you know, people are landing on our social media or maybe even the website, something like that. And then we're wanting that copy to speak to them so that they do come and, you know, work with us. So how do we get to that point? 
Yeah, great question. So I always follow a similar, a repeatable process for all of my projects. Uh, whether I'm writing a website, whether I'm rewriting uh, or I'm writing a uh, a sales page for a a course launch, for example, or email sequence for a course launch. Um, so it always begins with listening to your customer, right? The best copy, it has to come from listening to what they say. And I was just on a call with a client earlier today and, you know, I was, I showed her lots of different ways that I've uh, created new headlines for her website pages. And, you know, the best copy came from the one-on-one interviews that I held with her past clients. So it really has to start with, again, listening to your clients and that can look like a variety of techniques. So whether that's interviewing past clients and asking very specific questions, it can also look like asking questions in a very thoughtful survey which sounds kind of boring, right? It's like, so no one wants to take a survey, but really has to come down to like asking really good questions in that survey. Um, and another thing you can do is also um, look and look for what your customers have been saying in, on other, uh, on another turf. So maybe it's, it's on uh, in the comments of somebody else's Facebook group. Maybe it's looking at the comments of somebody else's social media, seeing what people are saying that they want or what they struggle with, right? So it really has to start with the deep listening and then analyzing, like, what are some of these themes that are coming through? Um, And from there is where we can really come, we can come up with the key core messages that we, we use to position ourselves and our brand as far as like, okay, these are the things that we are addressing because this is what um, most people are saying that they're struggling with or what our ideal clients are saying is like what they are deeply motivated by. Um, and then, then and only then, right? Well, after you listen, after you analyze what you have collected, then we get words on the page. It's so much easier um, to write after you have done a lot of listening and researching, which sounds really boring, right? But when you think about like in high school when you were writing a paper, right? Like you would never start writing a paper without doing your research and looking and, and looking at your primary and secondary sources, right? It's the same thing with our copy. If you are struggling with figuring out what to say, um, <clears throat> then we've got to listen to our customers and think about having a conversation with them, really co- writing the best copy it, 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 or the best copy feels like a good conversation, right? And it's just, it's almost as if you are transcribing, um, what you would say in a one-on-one conversation to a friend, um, and having that, you know, like when, when you read it and it's just like, it feels like a natural conversation. Um, so that's one of my tricks is that like, if I can speak it out loud, um, before I write, then I know that I, that's a good check as far as I know I've done my job in terms of listening so well that I can speak to those problems before I'm actually writing it, um, as, or I'm typing it out. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much the, the very repeatable process that I take to whether it's um, a website or a course um, that we're launching. So mm, such great <clears throat> tips. And I think, you know, these are tangible things that listeners can walk away with and start implementing straight away. And I think something you said there was, you know, when you're writing copy, 
acting like you're speaking to someone because I think that's where a shift happened for me with my own copywriting is rather than feeling like you're you're speaking to all these people just focusing on one person in mind or it can be a made-up person it can be a real person whatever it is for you but speaking to that person but then also with my copy I definitely try and speak as if I'm me because you know you don't want your copy to look and sound like one person and then they you know work with you or get on a call with you or whatever that looks like in your business and then they're like oh this isn't the kind of person I thought I would be you know dealing with because it you sound so different to the person that I'm used to in your copy and so oh my gosh yes Yes, I have so much to say about this. (laughs) I completely agree with you. Being able to, first of all, identify what even is that voice of yours, the way that you want your voice to come through so that it really sounds and feels and looks like you on paper. Mm -hmm. I have so much to say about this, but I'm I'm 100% on board. (laughs) I guess for listeners though, I mean, what I was just explaining was basically what's known as brand voice. And so what is our brand voice? Yeah. Oh, such a good question. Brand voice. uh, I like to use metaphors. So let me um, use something that's really easy to grasp onto. So let's think about the song Happy Birthday and the way that Happy Birthday can be performed by many different instruments, right? The melody will not change if a clarinet plays Happy Birthday versus a piano, right? So the melody is always the same, but clearly a clarinet or a trumpet or a piano, right? All of those different instruments have different sounds and timbres, right? So similarly, let's say you have, let's say um, someone listening to this podcast is a website designer and there's like so many different websites, website designers, right? They all have a very similar message. Like you're struggling with designing your own website. I can help, you know, right? But where brand voice comes into play is your verbal identity and your value identity. So where you can really differentiate yourself amongst people who have the same services that you do is how you have different values and different opinions based on what's happening in the industry, as well as your own stories, right? No one can copy your story. Everyone can take the same like certifications and and people can get like the same degrees, right? But no one can repeat your story because you're the only one who has gone through that experience. So the more that you can lean into your story, as well as what your values are, you may have completely different values than another website designer, for example, or you may have um, you may also have a different personality that you want your brand to take on. And so some of the things that I like to think about when I quantify brand voice is what are some of the phrases that are unique to you, right? What are some things that only you would say? What are some, again, stories that are unique to you? Um, and then do you like to have a certain rhythm to the way you explain certain concepts or the way that you position your expertise or the way that you, um, you know, have a certain opinion on um, hot topics in your industry? Um, and then 
um, as well as the, the, this is more technical things like emoji usage and punctuation, right? Do you like to be overly punctuated? Do you like to use a lot of emojis to show off that personality? And yeah, pretty much all of those, all of those things factor into your, your verbal identity at verbal brand identity and your value identity, which also definitely lends itself to brand voice. Because again, like someone, let's take a copywriter, for example, like there's someone else who could be writing websites and launch copy, but that person is very anti like copywriting templates. Like I would never teach anyone to use copywriting templates. Whereas like, you know, I have a different opinion, you know what I mean? So it's like, um, there's so much more to, expressing a brand voice and differentiating yourself. Um, the impact, the imposter syndrome really goes away when you're differentiating yourself, when you really know what your opinions and your values are. So I, I know that was a long answer, but hopefully that was, um, a really good specific list of things to think about. <clears throat> yeah. I love that because it is a matter of us deciding on what it is that we want our brand voice to be. And, do you feel though that it needs to be a representation of ourselves or can our brand and our business take on almost its own identity? Oh my God. I love this question. I love this question. I think that the sign of a maturing brand is when the brand itself has its own personality or it's, it's, it's developing its own brand personality. Cause when you think about, you know, if you're a service provider, it's, and your or personal brand, it makes sense for your own personality and your brand's personality to be similar in some regard. But, you know, when you think about the future vision of your brand and your brand promise, how does your brand deliver value to customers and what are the messages that you want your customers to remember about you over a long period of time, right? That consistency is so important. It's okay, right, to start to think about how your brand has a separate personality from you, um, which can really honestly take a lot of pressure off, you know, because it's like, if you don't want to be sharing about your, you know, your personal life, and you really want to separate that from the business, um, I think that we can give ourselves permission to do so and be like, the brand has this personality and I'm actually having a terrible day right now. And it's okay that I'm not sharing about that. You know what I mean? Like it's okay to have, to define what are those, it's really, really okay to have those definite boundaries as far as like, I am going to be sharing these things on purpose and I'm going to be refraining or I'm going to keep these things about my life um, private to me. And I think where a lot of emerging business owners make the mis make mistakes early on is when they don't realize that they have that ability, ability to be intentional. Um, because truly like your brand is what people, your brand is, is not your brand. I should say is, is how people are perceiving you. And if you're not intentionally creating the narrative that or directing, I should say, what is it that you want them to remember or what is it that you want them to feel? Then you're going to have some instances where like, you know, if you have a certain like really, really strong opinion about something and someone, you know, let, and I'll use this as an, or I'll tell you a story of like one of my past clients who she really wanted her brand to be conveyed as, or people to feel really um, seen and like cared for. And, and she wanted compassion to come through, but she had a lot of people telling her that she was very combative 
because she had some very strong opinions about some things going on in her, her industry. So that's where we really had to think about like, let's be more strategic about your brand voice strategy so that if you do want to have this element of, I am very strongly opinionated in this area, then you, you know, you're really, again, directing the narrative of like, okay, but my tone is going to shift when I'm talking about this topic. So tone, right, is a huge part in terms of what you want to be intentionally expressing, especially in your, in, in your content. Um, because again, you don't want, you don't want to like say, oh no, like I didn't realize that was going, like somebody felt that way because of this and be, because of X, Y, Z. And I've definitely made that sort of mistake um, for myself as well. Um, but really knowing and owning the fact that you can, you can, or you get to decide, right? Um, that's, it's a, it's a powerful shift to know how much you get to take ownership of that and you get to be creative. It gets to be really fun. Mm, I love that. Cause I know for me, I definitely see my business as its own identity, but I am a coach. So I'm a service provider. So my brand also is a reflection of me as a person as well. But one thing that sometimes I have found, I guess, can be difficult is I am a life and business coach for mums. And one of my personal boundaries is I don't want to share my children on my social media. And that has been a struggle because it's like Renee, the person wants to respect the privacy of her children and doesn't want to share them on her public platform. But then on the flip side, the business is coaching mums. And how do I get across that, that, you know, I'm a mom myself without sharing too much. And it's a fine line, but I think what you shared there in, we get to decide, we are the ones Mm. that are orchestrating this. And so we have that permission to put in place any boundaries we need to, to protect either ourselves or our business, but it's getting clear on who our business is helps us just to decide all of that. Oh, for sure. And I'm totally with you as well. Like I don't have children myself, but um, when we do have children, I'm like, I know I, and my business is also a personal brand. And so like for me to clearly have already decided, like, I'm not going, I'm going to have these very clear boundaries on my family life, as opposed to like how much I share about my business. Cause it's also just, it helps me be mentally healthy too. But anyway, I, 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 for sure. I'm like, I, I think there's, there's not a lot of people talking about the importance of, or like the fact that we actually get to have or decide where these boundaries are, as opposed to just seeing and doing, following the crowd. Right. And so if you decide that you don't want to follow the crowd and you don't want to do what everybody else is doing, that's something to talk about in your brand voice. So Mm -hmm. um, that's so important. Could that in itself be a strategy that helps you stand out because you're actually doing something different from what everyone else is doing too? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. Like that's, that in itself is having an opinion and, and, and is an opinion that is worth expressing in your words and, and calling it out. Like a lot of brands, you know, or a a lot of us, we think about, oh man, am I, am I the only one who thinks this? And granted, like based on whatever the opinion is or whatever your experience is, you know, the, the chances are you are not the only one who has, you know, that, 
whether it's controversial or not, right? Opinion on 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 how um, the rules get to be followed. I mean, we get to create so much of our own rules in entrepreneurship and that's how you find your people. That's how you find the people who say, yeah, like I actually really resonate with this person way more because that person was brave enough to say something different than what all of these other people are saying. And like, I would lean into that, really lean into the ways and spend a lot of time thinking about, yeah, this is my opinion. And even on the, on the flip side, like, let's say you had an opinion about something and you changed that opinion, you changed your mind that, you know, that, that level of thoughtfulness is what people yearn for. People are not necessarily looking anymore for information, right? They want to follow along these conversations that resonate with them. And the more that you are defined on what your opinions are, what your stance is on specific things, absolutely. That's a really good strategy, um, especially when it comes to content creation. Yeah. And I guess that that kind of is all tied up in our messaging as well, isn't it? It's, you know, what is the message that we want to share and and get across to our audience and our listeners or the people that are consuming our content as well? Yeah, absolutely. The I the creativity that comes with really um expressing original thought is what people are are hungry for. I really I really think that people are hungry for that. When I when I think about the or when I look at my content that I've created that doesn't have anything to do with like tips, right? It's the stuff that has been most engaged on is all the stuff that like I clearly had an opinion on something and I was passionate about sharing something. Um, it creates so much more, again, engagement, and then also just deeper connection with who the people, who your people really are, right? And that's, you know, when, when people worry about differentiating themselves or standing out in a saturated market, the way that you stand out in a saturated market is being unequivocal, unapologetic about what it is that you believe in when it comes to what your business, what your brand promises. So messaging and voice for sure, those I would highly, if I were to go back and tell my younger self, my younger business self, um, how to stand out, I would certainly like spend the majority of my time on like really, really developing what my different brand, brand, my brand opinions are. (laughs) Let's call it that. It's hard to though, because it can be really hard and daunting to step into that, you know? Yeah. It can be hard to show up and say, you know what, I'm drawing a line in the sand here and I'm going to voice this thing that I know is going to divide people. I know that I'm going to get negative, you know, response from not all, Mm -hmm. but, you know, you will potentially get some negativity back your way. And that can be really daunting to take that step. Yes. Yes. I agreed. I, I definitely agree. And that's where, you know, That's where we also get to decide how comfortable we are in terms of how polarizing we want a brand to be, right? Um, Because let's just take the example of like copywriting templates (laughs) as an example, right? Someone someone was interviewing me recently about like, she was asking me what my opinion was on copywriting templates and one of the uh, other person that she was interviewing had very strong opinions and mine were my well like very anti copy templates right and I was very I was not as anti (laughs) and you know as far as like those 
it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, it doesn't, the opinion that we form and that we tell our audience about doesn't necessarily have to be about, you know, these already polarizing or these like, you know, topics that are very fiery and they, we, if you don't want to talk about politics at all, like you definitely don't have to, you can keep it to the things that are specific to your expertise, like copy templates, for example. Right. Um, so keeping it to those to if you want to establish yourself as a thought leader and really thinking about like, how do I position myself as an expert? I think it would, it would be in everyone's favor to be like, okay, cool. This is what I'm going to say about this, um, part of my expertise. And I'm, I'm honestly going to see where the conversations go. And, and I will also say, you know, for me, when I was really discovering my own brand voice, my own brand message, I certainly relate to the whole idea of like, oh man, this is a little triggering. I like, I don't know how much I, I, I want to, I want to explore this opinion. I don't want to be, I mean, we all have this fear of rejection. I think this is a very human experience. And so if anyone feels that way, if any listeners feel that, feel that way, it's, it's certainly something to start with kindness towards yourself first, right? Like allow yourself to, um, to it, it has to start as an internal process um because when you are so convicted right about something then the the fear will it will eventually melt away it's not gonna you know go away forever or disappear for, forever but i think that like really really spending that time and getting to know yourself and, and being kind to yourself first um, that is going to, at least in my experience, like really having spent a lot of time in my own personal work, um, allowing myself to go through what does that mean? What does it mean for me if someone disagrees with me and can I still be there for myself when someone disagrees with me? And I, I mean, I just had a friend who like, she, when she shared an, uh, an opinion of hers, she like, it, it had a really terrible effect on one of her friendships. This was very hurtful and, and no one wants to go through that. Um, but I think what was, what I, I, I think was very poignant from something she had shared was that it hurts, you know, when someone that you are, when someone you are close to disagrees with you. Um, but I think when, I am not true to myself. That's even more hurtful. And I thought that, wow. Yeah. Like I, I see, I, I definitely see what you mean there. And I would feel the same way if I were to not be true to myself. Um, which again, that's like a really deep, it's, it's a deep exploration of who yeah. we are, but when you come, when it comes down to it, branding and brand identity, it's a big identity thing. Um, and so it's not, it's not for the week, <laughs> Say that. um, but it is worth it. You know, it's really, it's worth the exploration. It's worth the, the, um, the it's, it's courage, right. It's developing these, these courageous muscles. So kudos to anyone who is up for the challenge of everything I just mentioned today. <laughs> oh, I love Great. it so much. There's definitely work that we as entrepreneurs need to do in our own selves to step into these roles that we have. And I think with that is also this authenticity side of it Mm. too, where 
being our true authentic selves actually makes the process a lot easier because you know who you are and you can then step into that that I guess stage of sharing your views and your opinions knowing who you are at your core knowing what your intention is and I think that the intention behind something when you're sharing something that's controversial you know it is going to divide people a little bit or you will potentially get some negativity your way if you Mm -hmm. know that you have no ill intent in sharing that message across you can kind of stay strong in that knowing that that was not my intention and and unfortunately Someone may have interpreted it wrong or got, you know, got the wrong idea, but you can be strong in yourself knowing that you didn't mean it that way or, you know, you can be proud of who you are and that really helps, I think, when you're doing these things. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't have said it better myself, Renee. You hit it right on the head. So I guess for listeners that are listening and they're like, oh, I still would love a little bit more extra support around this, or I'm I'm finding it hard to figure out what my brand voice is, especially they might be in the startup phase where this is all so new. Where can our listeners connect and find you? Oh, good question. So I actually have a brand voice guide, a free brand voice guide. And what this walks you through is, uh, and I'll, I'll let your listeners know one, one thing, even if you don't download it, um, something that I recommend doing is look back at different pieces of writing that you absolutely loved writing and that your audience loved reading. So whether they, you know, you got a lot of really great comments on it. Um, a lot of people deeply connected to it and it was relating to your work. I'm not talking about like memes, you know, like memes are funny, but like it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, your expertise or your zone of genius, right? When it comes to content that you've created that you love, your audience loved, and it has to do with your expertise, um, we can like, it's worth analyzing, analyzing what was it about like, why did I love writing this, right? Like what was my opinion on X, Y, Z? And so my brand voice freebie, it walks you through different free tools that you can use to analyze your own writing um, and uncover the words that you like to use most frequently, the tone that you like to write with, the way that you articulate and punctuate and the way that your rhythm comes across in your writing too. So that is at JackieSunga.co slash brand dash voice. And that will help you clarify your brand voice in 90 minutes. Oh, amazing. I will pop the link to that in the show notes so listeners can easily go ahead and download that. What an amazing resource that we can, you know, get our hands on and implement straight away. So thank you so much. I have loved chatting with you. And I know that this episode is going to be so helpful and valuable to so many. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Renee. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm so grateful for you and super glad you've taken the time out for yourself to tune into this episode. If you love today's episode, then don't forget to hit subscribe so you can catch the next one when it's released.